0: this is the jesus only speaks the truth podcast my name is dennis mcgee jr today is wednesday march the 10th 2021 it is just after 2 p.m here in the philadelphia pennsylvania area it is an absolutely gorgeous day uh, here it's probably about 65 degrees sunny uh so absolutely gorgeous so uh thank you jesus for this this beautiful weather it is absolutely amazing So last week, uh, I I had made a promise and I want to be a man of my word. I had promised that I would speak more about the extraordinary promises of the Sacred Heart of Jesus because there's many more that I didn't get a chance to get to in last week's message that I want to share with you now. So the title of this message is, in fact, Many More Extraordinary Promises of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Now, Last week, talked a lot about the consecration to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And and I'm just going to revisit. I I don't want to be repetitive. I just want to do a brief introduction. The Sacred Heart apparitions, the ones that I'm referring to, occurred in the 1670s with Jesus appearing to St. Margaret Mary. As mentioned, uh, I think it was 354 years before that where Jesus appeared to St. Gertrude the Great, where he began really that that, uh, the, the, the first installment, if you will, of the sacred heart apparitions with one of the main emphases being to believe in the love the sacred heart of Jesus has for each one of us, for you, for me, or for each one of us. And I'm going to tell you right now, that is such a powerful prayer to meditate upon. If you are in a situation uh, where you, you, and that simple prayer, sacred heart of Jesus, I believe in your love for me. Amen. If you meditate upon that prayer, I'm telling you something special happens because you start to realize that the Lord is just, he's just not going to let you down. Things are going to work out well for you in the midst, even of trials or, or whatever it is you may be going through that simple prayer. you one is reminded and through the grace of God, one is given the grace to see that if everything's going to work out wonderfully. Now, then, of course, we, we're, what I'm re- referencing here is now the, the, the core of the Sacred Heart Apparitions in the 1670s. Jesus appears to St. Margaret Mary in France. Uh, these are the well-known Sacred Heart Apparitions, the ones that, like when I grew up, I went to Sacred Heart grade school in Havertown, Pennsylvania. It's the church that I, I received my sacraments, Sacred Heart Church in Havertown, PA. My parents are still in that area. That's the church. That's where the origin of the name of the church comes from is this these apparitions that I'm referencing. So last week talked about the consecration, the power of consecrating oneself to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the promises that Jesus makes to those of us who will do that. And the promises are extraordinary. Aren't they? They are absolutely extraordinary. It's really everything you'd need in one. Not just everything you need, but everything you'd need one. Everything you desire. You know, Jesus says that the Sacred Heart is the source of all blessings. So all the good things are coming from the Sacred Heart of Jesus, but consecration is a, a key. It's it's an absolute key. Uh, I taught a very quick but powerful prayer to consecrate oneself to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. You can find it uh, in last week's message. I may even, if I have an opportunity, it's a very quick prayer. I'll probably go through it uh, briefly at some point. The other thing that we got into was the power of the image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Now I am a simple thinker. My logic is this: I uh, I take Jesus at His word. So if Jesus says to do something, or He's going to sign certain blessings if you do something, I don't. I've made a decision. I'm not going to question that. I'm going to submit because what I've learned is that. Jesus only speaks the truth. So therefore, why am I going to question it? Why am I going to doubt it? I'm just going to believe it. So remember, the, the two parts that we really got into last week with regards to the promises of the Sacred Heart, where the promise is attached to the veneration or the honor of the image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, if you have it in your home, great. If you can have a prayer card, excellent. Um, what I'm saying a portrait if you don't have those things feel free to order them online. I'm sure you can find something uh, Or of course you can go to if you're obviously if you're listening to this you have a computer as we operate this 100% through uh, through the internet You can search online a image of the sacred heart of Jesus when it comes up Uh, You can download that image if you desire. You could print the image if you have the opportunity. But one thing I want to make clear is the Catechism of the Catholic Church declares that we can, as baptized Catholics, we we are able to provide certain blessings, and one of the blessings is upon a, a holy image. So when you download that sacred heart, if you have a picture of the sacred heart, it would be wise to say a prayer of this, something like this. Lord Jesus, humbly I seek your blessing upon this holy image of your sacred heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And as you're making the sign of the cross, we can envision Jesus himself blessing that. Now this is not me just making this up. This is what the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches, that you have that ability as a baptized Catholic. The value of the Catechism, remember this, is this. I want to get on message here too, but I I do want to make sure I I highlight this. What is the importance of the catechism? Well, remember this. Remember this. The catechism catechism is the formal teaching of the church. Multiple times in the gospel, in scripture, Jesus talks about now specifically in the Last Supper. Jesus speaks of the fact that he's going to send an advocate. A whole, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to guide us in all truth. Um, effectually saying, Jesus is saying, "You're not. You're not going to understand everything right now." Uh, you have to remember, Jesus is getting ready to go to his death. Right? I mean, this is a very climactic moment uh, in his life and their lives. You know, they're not able to absorb everything. He even says you're not going to bear everything that I that I have to teach right now. So I'm going to send. I'm paraphrasing this something saying clearly. Jesus is saying he's sending forth the Holy Spirit to guide us in all truth as time progresses. Effectively, right? Now that's the first part I want to highlight. So that's that. So what is Jesus guiding? That's the Holy Spirit is guiding the Catechism, the Catechism of the Church. How can I say that with confidence? Because I'm going to look at the Book of Matthew, the Book of the Gospel according to Saint Matthew. Uh, I believe it's Chapter 16. Forgive me for not having the information in front of me. Uh, this is where Jesus is saying to St. Peter, You are Peter, and upon you I'm building my church. The gates of the nether world shall not prevail against this church. I give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, I may not have gotten that that arrangement exactly 100% right, but that is really that's what Jesus is saying, right? If you if we were to read through it, you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, you would not argue with 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 that that's what Jesus is saying. So my point is this, my question you was this. Well, what church is Jesus founding? This is 2000 years ago. Well, what Christian church began 2000 years ago? The Catholic Church, right? The Catholic Church started at that moment. So Jesus is founding a church upon St. Peter, right? The church Jesus is founding, by definition, is the Catholic Church. Jesus is saying the gates of hell, the gates of the the netherworld, shall not prevail against it. It's not going to be broken. It can't be broken. It can never. Jesus is giving that promise to this church, and he's even giving what we call apostolic succession upon the first pope St. Peter. And then, of course, that apostolic succession is thus passed on. So that's why we look to the Catechism as a guide for things that maybe we don't, maybe we don't have the answer to, right? That's what, we're, that's what it's there for. That's exactly what Jesus gave it. So the, the, the origin, why we look to the Catechism with such uh, devotion, with such honor, with such magnitude, is because it's based in Scripture. It's actually based in scripture that Jesus is founding this church upon St. Peter. And thus the catechism is the vehicle or the instrument, I should say, that we are using to as the source of truth based upon what Jesus says in scripture. Make sense? So the catechism declares that we can declare a blessing upon a holy image. So I would recommend you do that. Why? Why? Again, not want to be too repetitive from last week, but I I would have to give a brief introduction on this before I would get into the additional promises of the Sacred Heart. But simply put, Jesus is saying, if you honor this image of His Sacred Heart, if you honor this image of His Sacred Heart, He's going to pour forth blessings upon you. Done. That's not my job now to say, what about this? What about? No, 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 no. Remember what God says when Jesus is transfigured. In Scripture, when he goes on the mountain, when he goes on the mountain with with Peter and Johns and James, James and Jesus himself, he transfigures himself, white as snow. Right? Elijah, Moses, join him. Peter, James, and John are there with him. They're witnessing this. Three men. Well, Peter and James went to their death. Stating these points are true. They would they they were never they they died for the faith, right? They died declaring these things as truth. Saint John, of course, they attempt they poisoned him unsuccessfully. They just exiled him to an island, Patmos, right? So they just so he had to live his life in exile. So uh, you could say, in effect, he did give his life, obviously for for Jesus. It was obviously not to the point of death, and Jesus had different plans, as that's where Jesus revealed the Book of Revelation to Saint John. But back to this point about uh, the transfiguration, what does does God say? God our Father says, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. God is giving complete and total authority to Jesus. Does it listen? Well, what does Jesus say? Jesus says, honor this image of my sacred heart and you're going to receive a tremendous amount of blessings. Jesus says He's going to pour blessings upon us. We consecrate ourselves by use of that image, I recommend, as I talked about. And as I get into the message real quick, why wow, this is a great opportunity to read, reread the, uh, the simple but yet profound consecration prayer. Uh, this is from the priest of the Sacred Heart, and I will read it. I'll read it verbatim as they have it written. That'll probably make it as simple as possible. So this The origin of this is written by the priest of the Sacred Heart. Uh, this is in their prayer booklet. And it reads, uh, this, is the, this is an act of consecration to the sacred heart of Jesus. Merciful Jesus, I consecrate myself today in all ways to your most sacred heart. Most sacred heart of Jesus, I implore that I may ever love you more and more. Most sacred heart of Jesus, I trust in you. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, I believe in your love for me. Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make my heart like your heart. Amen. Now, as time has time's progressed, and I, I said that prayer many, many, many times, I found myself, uh, I believe through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, um, asking for additional blessings. Uh, asking the Sacred Heart, I, I'll say Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on me. Sacred heart of Jesus, please bless me in every way possible. Sacred heart of Jesus, please protect me in every way possible. Sacred heart of Jesus, please exalt me in every way possible and at every moment of my life. Sacred heart of Jesus, I place my trust in you. Sacred heart of Jesus, I believe in your love for me. Amen. So my point is, is that as we're getting, you know, don't feel limited to exactly what's written. But that's that's what really the consecration is about. And then as we found out last week, the consecration is the key that opens up the Sacred Heart of Jesus as the source of blessings to us, right? So as promised, I want to get into the additional. There's many more extraordinary promises of the Sacred Heart of Jesus that you need to hear that, that I'm telling you right now, if you have never heard these, and you and you employ these employ a devotion to the sacred heart of jesus you're going to see so many blessings in your life you're not i think you you in a way you'll be you you'll be unrecognizable to yourself at some point if that makes any sense and almost that that's what's going to happen to you i believe so not because i'm saying it but because once you hear these promises you're going to feel differently when you start practicing this devotion Matter of fact, before I read the promises, real quick, how would you practice a devotion real quickly? And I'll I'll kind of close with this as well with some more additional information. But first things first, as I've already stated, I'm not going to repeat what I just said about the image and the consecration. Those things are critical. You could also search online a litany to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and then pray that litany. Um, You could also find uh, novena prayers to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. There's a variety of things that you could say. I would... I would definitely preface it by saying, use a credible Catholic source for those prayers. And like I said, the Sacred Heart of Jesus. There's a flexibility as well. I mean, you know what's a good prayer, right? So if you're in the midst of prayer and you feel like to ask for blessings, that's a good thing, right? Um, so just I, I would I would begin with with those things in mind, and also allow allow the Holy Spirit to guide you uh, in. Additional prayers that you feel like would be beneficial to you and your family and your loved ones. Additional promises the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Let me see exactly where we're going to start here. Uh, Last week we ended on the consecration. Let me jump right in to... Oh, this is perfect. Okay. Promises. This is... Oh, uh, and again, this is taken from the book... The Devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, written by Father John Crusay. And of course, as mentioned last week, this was St. Margaret Mary's spiritual director. Well, who's St. Margaret Mary? That's who Jesus appeared to, to give these Sacred Heart apparitions. And when Father John Crusay finished the manuscript, he delivered it to St. Margaret Mary, and she presented it to Jesus, and he gave it a, a resounding yes, stamp of approval. In other words, this is a good and holy book. Go with it. Publish it, right? So, this has the stamp of approval of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So, the promises made, this reads, promises made in favor of sinners. Then it reads, the devotion of the Sacred Heart is an effectious means offered for the conversion of sinners. My Divine Master, writes St. Margaret Mary, re- revealed to me that it was his ardent desire to be known loved and honored by men and his eager desire to draw them back from the road to perdition along which Satan is driving them in countless numbers that induced him to manifest his heart to men with all the treasures of love, mercy, grace, sanctification, and salvation that it contains in order to have a means of satisfying its desire to pour out on them abundantly its mercies and graces. It is by this means that the sacred heart of our loving Jesus wishes to save many souls from eternal perdition. This divine heart is like a fortress or a secure place of refuge for all poor sinners who wish to take shelter in it from the justice of Almighty God. The thunderbolts of whose wrath, like An impetuous torrent would overwhelm sinners and their sins on account of the enormous number committed at the present time. It then goes on to read, The devotion to the Sacred Heart is a sovereign remedy against being tepid. Okay, let me, before I read into that, just think for just a moment. This sacred heart is a fortress. It's a safety place. It's a place where we can go for, for peace, for happiness. Uh, in the Diary of Divine Mercy, Jesus says it's a place where we can go, where we can take whatever we need, any graces, anything that we can carry from a sacred heart. Uh, the, the Divine Mercy is, is such a, uh, again, that's the apparitions that occur from 1925 to 1938, Jesus to St. Faustine in Poland. It is really the, um, how do I say this, the, uh, culmination of, for lack of a better term, to, the, to, the, to this, these sacred heart apparitions. We get to know even more of the secrets of the merciful heart of Jesus. Uh, so, and the fact that his sacred heart is, in fact, mercy itself. So his, his heart is the source of divine mercy. Jesus actually says his heart is mercy itself. So the sacred heart and the divine mercy, appar- the apparitions are so tightly tied together. So keep that in mind. The devotion to the Sacred Heart is a sovereign remedy against being tepid, against being a coward, right? One thing I'll tell you right now. If you begin this devotion, not by your strength, not by your grace, but by the grace of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, you're going to become a lot more courageous in your pronunciation of the faith, in your ability to be able to, to talk about it in a loving way. And not in a way that's going to be, like, uh, you know, condemning, uh, but rather in a way that that attracts and brings people to you. And we're going to get into that point because that's a promise Jesus makes to the apostles of the Sacred Heart, which is ultimately what I'm hoping you're willing to do. And I'm hoping that I can do to the best of my ability for the remainder of my days. So moving into the next point. Promises made in favor of the just. Let's say for a second that, you know, uh, you feel like you're on the road to, you're, you're like, all right, I just said this the other day, we had a prayer group on Sunday night, and this point was brought to me by Jesus many years ago. Now, I preface this point by stating this. In the book of St. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 23 to 26, during the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is very clear about a place where souls go that are not quite ready for heaven, but he doesn't want to send them to hell. He talks about it and he calls it a prison, a prison where souls are going to go and they're not going to get out until you pay the last penny. But what is this prison? This prison is clearly purgatory. So this, and that's what we find out in the Diary of My Mercy. Jesus actually calls, he calls it the prison of purgatory. So, and purgatory, as I've said before, if you think about the existence of purgatory in that very point, if, if a soul is not ready to go to heaven, where else could it go? So purgatory actually exists from the mercy of God, because it's a gift. It's sort of like a second chance, uh, because the alternative would be would be going to hell, and that would be something. Obviously, hopefully, none of us on this on this. Uh, listening to this message would 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 want as as an option right so purgatory exists comes from the mercy of god it's scripture it's it's its basis in scripture is right there book of saint matthew chapter 5 verses 23 to 26 so if so the, the belief in purgatory is comes right out of scripture right so I preface that point because what I want to talk about right now is that there's basically two roads, right? Though, as, as purgatory, is not a, that's not the objective. The objective is to get to heaven, clearly, right? There's two roads that we're on, though. You're either on the road to heaven or you're not. I just want you to think about that for just the briefest of moments. When we're on this walk, on this journey, like right now, you, me, all of us, we're either on the road to heaven or we're not. And so if you, if you're, if you feel like you're, and my point very simply is to highlight the, the good road, so to speak, the road, if, you're, if you feel like you're on the road to heaven, doing all the right things, this one's for you. Jesus said there's no quicker way of attaining perfection than to render to the divine heart all the homage, love, honor, and praise in our power. St. Margaret Mary goes on to write, I do not know of any other exercise in the spiritual life more calculated to raise the soul quickly to the height of perfection and make it taste the true sweetness that is to be found in the service of God. If it were known how pleasing this devotion is to Jesus Christ, there is no Christian who would not begin to practice it immediately. Immediately. The names of beginners, writes St. Margaret Mary, are written on the adorable heart of Jesus only with ink. This signifies the initial grace given us to combat and conquer our imperfections, especially our proud self-love which insinuates itself everywhere, sullying and disfiguring our holiest actions. These black letters should be purified from the earth which they contain and made bright in the crucible. This means that our inclinations and actions should be purified in the furnace of the love of the divine heart from all that is earthly and human and from all self-seeking. These black letters will gradually brighten in the crucible of divine love and become like silver, which signifies purity of heart. But when in the process of purification, all the black letters are changed into letters of silver, we must not stop there. We must continue. And so all the letters are changed into gold. It is love. St. Margaret Mary goes on to write, it is love that will change them into gold. Charity is the divine gold that will write our names on the heart of Jesus. In letters never to be effaced. We shall become like holocaust consumed completely in the ardent flames of the loving heart of Jesus. Amen. So picture that imagery. It's truth. It's what Jesus told St. Margaret Mary. Think about that. Promises for the afflicted. The heart of Jesus consoles his servants in their private calamities. The heart of Jesus is the true source of consolation in public calamities. What is consolation? Well, think about that consolation. And Jesus says that promise in the Diary of Divine Mercy. He says, no soul that has approached me has ever gone away unconsoled. So when we're consoled, we practice a devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. His Sacred Heart is promising to console us. Whatever it is we need. You know, um, I, you you can fill in the blank as to whatever it may be, but consoling, uh, first of all, are going to be words of truth. Many times, all okay, right, remember this, when Jesus first appears to Saint Faustina in the Diary of Divine Mercy, 1925 to 1938, one of her first, one of the first things Saint Faustina is struggling with the reality that she's witnessing and meeting Jesus Christ, and she's telling people, and they're they're sort of like, it's it's she's she's doubting, right? She's doubting it, and Jesus says to her, "My love deceives no one. My love deceives no one." So Jesus is a truth teller. So remember this. The enemy or our enemies, I'm talking about our spiritual enemies, are not truth tellers, right? So what Jesus is saying is when he's going to console us with his sacred heart, he's going, to, he's going to give us healing words, he's going to give us healing feelings, but as important as anything, the deceit, the lies, anything that is that is not true is going to be washed away. What are we left with? Truth. Well, that's what Jesus speaks. That's the art, that's the, that's the art, the reality of being consoled by Jesus. You're hearing the truth. And that's really, you know, in the book I wrote, Jesus Only Speaks the Truth, I wrote many times that people like say, oh, you know, the truth hurts, the truth, uh, the truth hurts, it's saying, right? Why? I I really believe, I believe the truth heals, right? And, And that's what Jesus does. He tells the truth and he heals us through the truth. So consolation is a promise. So if there's anything going on, you're going to feel a lot better. Basically, that's what I'm trying to say. So uh, let's, let's do this. I'm going to, uh, in the effort of time, I'm going, to, I'm going to move right into, let's see here. I'll tell you what, I'll go right into the protection promised by our Lord at the moment of death. I will highlight one thing very quickly, very quickly, very quickly here. The origin of the first Friday's devotion—that's what I'm kind of going through here. This is there's there's a lot of content here. Uh, the origin of the 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 origin of the first Friday devotion, and the first Friday devotion really has to do with receiving Holy Communion on the first first Fridays nine consecutive months. Jesus makes great promises. The great promise uh, is basically that. Um, tell you what, let's see here. The great promise right here is that we're going to just gonna read this one sentence here. Saint Saint Margaret Mary writes On a Friday during Holy Communion, he said these words to his unworthy slave, if I mistake not, I promise in the excessive mercy of my heart that it's all powerful that its all-powerful love will grant to all those who receive Holy Communion on nine first Fridays on the month consecutively the grace of final repentance. They will not die under my displeasure or without receiving the sacraments. My divine heart making itself their assured refuge at the last moment. Jesus then goes on to write, protection promised by our Lord at the moment of death, the divine heart of Jesus, it gave, gave, again gave me to understand and assured me, right, St. Margaret Mary, that the pleasure which he takes in being known, loved, and honored by his creatures is so great that he promised me that none of those who practice this amiable devotion and are devoted to his adorable heart will ever perish. Contemplate that for a brief moment. The special, the special rewards in heaven for those who are devoted to the sacred heart of Jesus. The adorable heart of Jesus has shown inexpressible for favor to our founder, St. Francis de Sales, because the devotion has been established in our institute. Never has his accidental glory been so much increased as by this means. Our good father, Claude, By his intercession in heaven is the cause of what takes place here on earth for the glory of the Sacred Heart. And as I'm looking at the clock, we are quickly running out of time here uh, on the podcast. So, what I'm going to do is this. Next week, I'm going to cover the promises, the 10 promises for the apostles of the Sacred Heart, which is those who are hearing this message. Who are make or deciding you know what I'm going to spread this devotion i'm going to make a conscientious effort to share not only practice this devotion but tell people about it because it's going to bring so much joy to you and to those who you're to you're spreading this message and the and so next week i'll focus on those promises the 10 promises that Jesus makes for the apostles of the Sacred Heart. And why don't we do this for, and I'm going to close with just a few more powerful promises that Jesus makes regarding the Sacred Heart that I still think will blow your mind, by the way. If you've never heard them before, and if you have, you're going to be asking yourself, how can I, what? Why, why did I wait this much time to get started? Now is the time. But this week, I would ask, if you're hearing this message, contemplate, Being an apostle of the sacred heart of Jesus. Really think about that and think about what that would mean and if it's something you would want to do and how you would do it. It's very simply. This is not something you don't need to, you know, uh, it's, not, it's not a formal declaration with, with, with me or yourself. And you can make it formal if you, if you so choose, I guess if you want to write something out for Jesus. But I think it's more just a, a promise you would make to Jesus. And then be ready for abundant blessings would be what I would say. But let me close with this. These two more things I'm going to read from this book right now. And this right here, this says, Jesus, uh, Father John writes, Promises made for people in the world and their families. Listen to this. This is so good I couldn't leave any of this out. So, all right. Our divine Lord assured me, writes St. Margaret Mary, that he takes such pleasure in being known loved, and honored by his creatures, that he promises that people in the world will find through this amiable devotion all the helps necessary for their state of life. That is to say, peace in their families. He promised me that he would unite families that are divided, Our divine Lord wishes to have great charity for our neighbor. He wishes us to pray to him for our neighbor as we would for ourselves. For it is one of the special effects of this devotion to unite hearts divided and to bring peace to souls. Consolation in their afflictions solace in their labors, Jesus promised that he would protect and assist families that were in any necessity if they addressed themselves to him with confidence. Another promise is this the blessings of heaven on all their enterprises. That in his sacred heart, they would find refuge during their life and especially at the hour of death. Amen. There's one more set of promises I'm going to read in just the briefest of moments. But I want to go through just kind of, just think about some of these things. Think about uniting families that have not spoken peace. In, how many people listen to this would want to have make sure you have peace in your families, right? Peace in your homes. Uh, you, you, th- you, we all have relatives we probably don't really speak to. Maybe we've had uh, maybe there's been falling out. I I don't know. Maybe whatever. But Jesus is. I know I talk to people all the time that tell me I I don't uh, talk to my brother, sister, whomever anymore, we don't tell we had a falling out. I, I know I know a ton of people like that. And as a matter of fact, as I'm saying it, I probably should do a better job sharing this devotion with them. Because if I believe what Jesus is promising, that he's going to unite their family if they simply practice the devotion, why wouldn't they want to do it, right? So call myself out to an extent right there. The blessings of heaven on all we do, all of our enterprises, that's extraordinary. Those if maybe you're, you know, whatever job you have, whatever occupation, whatever you have going on, whether it's anything, who wouldn't want the blessings of heaven be poured forth upon whatever we're doing? I know I'd want that upon this podcast. That's for sure. Praise Jesus. Praise his sacred heart. That's awesome. So these things are extraordinary. We already talked about the consolation, what that means. Let me go right into this last promise here for the the day, and then next we have as promises to get into the apostles. Promises for the apostles of the Sacred Heart. But this one right here, this has to do specifically, this reads, special promises made to persons consecrated to God. Then it says, promises made to religious communities. Our Divine Lord promised me, writes St. Margaret Mary, that as His Sacred Heart is the source of all blessings, He will pour out the sweet unction of, ardent, of his ardent charity on all those communities where his sacred heart is honored and who place themselves under its special protection. Jesus promised me that he would keep their hearts united so that they would form but one. Jesus promised me that he would Turn away the thunderbolts of divine justice from them and restore them to favor if they should fall. Let religious embrace this amiable devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus, for they will draw from it such help that no other means will be needed to reestablish in their first fervor and in the most exact observance of their rule those communities that have become lax and to bring to the height of perfect Bring to the height of perfection communities that are already fervent. Amen. Let us take Jesus at his word. Let us begin, if we haven't already, a devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus. Let us do the best we can to spread that devotion. And next week you're going to hear about those Ten promises that Jesus makes to the apostles of the Sacred Heart, to those on this message, to those all over the world, anyone who wants to spread a devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. My name is Dennis McGee, Jr. Thank you for listening and supporting the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast.